0: Today on another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that has been reviewed by the Motion Picture Association of America and deemed to be suitable for all audiences, except stray dogs named Lucky. That's right. Heed this warning if you own a stray dog named Lucky. Listening to this show in his presence could cause violent outbursts, including but not limited to Lucky attacking and eating nearby cats, gerbils, and at times a stray possum. It may also cause the dog to speak in tongues and take on the persona of Jeffrey Dahmer. Hiding in your home, sneaking out at night, luring young men back to your home, and turning them into stir-fry. When a paranormal investigator comes face-to-face with something paranormal in his own home, he soon realizes how dangerous and malevolent some forces can be. some of these forces come very close to not only haunting him, but possibly taking over his mind. That story and much more, today on Real Ghost Stories Online.
1: Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online.
0: Indeed it is. Welcome to the show. Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts. You don't miss any episodes of real ghost stories online. And if you like our show, you want access to more content, more episodes like the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories. You can get that. At ghostpodcast.com There you're also going to find advanced episodes of the show Like I said, the archive And EPP bonus episodes EPP stands for extra podcast person That's what you become when you sign up At ghostpodcast.com You get all of it, all of it commercial free No ads, you can just binge away on ghost stories All year long At ghostpodcast.com Or through the Patreon app You can find the link there At ghostpodcast.com Or search Four words, real ghost stories online. The online needs to be in there. Search for that and you will find us and you become a EPP there as well. Tony and Todd with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? I just that intro
2: made me realize, I don't know if Robert Stack ever did, if they ever did an Unsolved Mysteries on the Robert or the, uh, the Dahmer case, did they? I Well, it really, I don't think it
0: ever got to that level because nobody was paying attention to all the murders. Uh, while they were happening, and then once it was solved, I mean, it was solved, so it really wasn't an unsolved mystery. But the I think what we, we see, you know, if you look back at the history and if you watch the doc on Netflix, um, yeah, there were all these people going missing, but because they were black or brown and gay, nobody gave a shit, and that's the sad reality of how uh, that part of uh, society was functioning at that time. Uh, I think
2: you and I were talking a little bit off the air about it and you said it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And I said that a lot of people that I've talked to really love it, but there's a large portion of people that say they just can't watch it. And you were kind of surprised by that. I think the thing is, is that, Ah, uh, because of the targeted uh, group of people that he was going after, and because of the way the police responded to it, I think there are people that, in this day and age, are still going, "What the hell? Why, oh yeah, why, you know what? How did this go on for as long as it did?"
0: Oh fuck! It makes me. I'm. Uh, there's so many times I'm watching this thing and I'm getting angry at the police in this because uh, it's just there. There were so many oversights. There was so much good old boys club bullshit going on, and it just. I don't know. It, it, it makes you angry. And then if you still look at the state of the Milwaukee police system today, it's like, Oh, I guess we really haven't learned from our mistakes now. Have
2: we? Right. Exactly.
0: It's a very, it's a corrupt system. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's a good one. It's, uh, a lot of things. I was really little when a lot of this stuff happened, but I remember listening to it. I remember, honestly, it was sitting in the church parking lot in my dad's truck, listening to, I think it was W I S N out of Milwaukee. And they were, I think Dahmer had just been caught and that was like all the news was about. And then, of course, the Packers, uh, but the other was all <laughs> Dahmer. Uh, and then it was like, what's, uh, what's, who has the, been the <laughs> quarterback at the time? What was it? It wasn't quite far yet. It was, what's, uh, was it McCouskey? McCouskey. what's Mikowski's opinion on the, on uh, Jeffrey Dahmer being caught? Cause that's how everything works in, <laughs> in Wisconsin news. Uh, is what is the Packers reaction to 9-11? I remember that actually being a story. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it was um, uh, all uh, listening in that truck, hearing the details of what this guy did. And I remember like, asking like my dad, like, who's Domber? And he's like, just listen. Apparently Alexa wants to answer that question too, because I just got Alexa. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> suddenly spoke up when I said Domer. Maybe she has a weird reaction to the movie as well. But yeah, I think it's, it's I mean, it's certainly it, it'll strike a chord uh, in anybody, anybody with emotions or, or just, you know, is a, a decent human being, but it, it really tells a scary, scary story. I guess it's one of those two where um, when this happened, this was like such a standout story. The thing is, I feel like these days, when I'm doing True Crime Today, the other show, there's a lot of stories that are almost close to Jeffrey Dahmer. A
2: lot. Yeah.
0: And they just, it's almost like there's so much of this kind of behavior around the country that, I don't know, it's happening so frequently. Dahmer really stood out as a big thing nationwide. And I don't know that it really is. There was someone I read today that was talking about somebody who, got their victim hung him upside down and literally started eating them like cut them cut parts of their body out to cook while they were alive
2: what is going on in our, our world see I don't know if I I don't know if I could be on that podcast with you yeah. I never sleep again
0: I know you've been on it once to to fill in but yeah uh, <laughs>
2: No. But like people say, are you afraid of ghosts? No, no. because it's not the ghosts that are going to hang you up upside down and start eating your body. No, you know? The
0: ghosts are actually the some of the tamest content that I produce, now, <laughs> <laughs> which is interesting because we have two ghost podcasts. We have uh, uh, true crime today and then my crazy family, which is stories of horrible, crazy families that do horrible things. The ghost stories it's like kind of a nice relief. It's an easy show to do. It's laid back. Even if it gets spooky, there's nobody that's looking through your windows at night, you know, with a pickaxe that's ready to come through and and take off your feet, but leave you there. Uh, They just want to go put them in some new uh, keds that they found at the mall and just (laughs) walk around with them in in their hands, you know, just because, because that seems Uh, to be the half of it too, where it's like, why did you do this? I don't just, I wanted to, I was, I was bored. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Anyway, uh, 855 853 4802, our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to our first letter. It says, I'm Christopher Harmon. I am a paranormal investigator uh, with a a group, travel along with them. And sometimes I'm awful, also, or I'm also a UFO UFO certified field investigator with MUFON. Um, I don't know much about that, but I remember hearing about it on Art Bell years ago. Um, I live out in the country and sometimes spirits from the land or around during investigations follow me into my home. One in particular, I looked up straight ahead. There was an orb flying around the basement where I sleep and I watch television. I immediately grabbed my cell phone, started snapping pictures of it and cut it into one of the photos. You can see the eyes, nose and pretty much the whole face of a spirit orb. I've experienced a lot in the basement, and sometimes I'll see several orbs flying around. Sometimes I'll be threatened and cursed at. One night a spirit orb flew over me while I was attempting to get some sleep and said, You're dead now. Being a paranormal investigator, I knew that it was more of a scare tactic, so I ignored it and I went to sleep. I've had lightning equipment turn on, or lighting equipment turn on, and off equipment malfunction, cell phones act up, and sinks and faucets turning off their by themselves. I've also had encounters with paranormals. Once even saw a UFO in the sky. I was so young at the time, I had no way to document it. With our paranormal group, we have documented some paranormal encounters, such as a Bible fly across the room, dolls and toys going down the steps. I've even dealt with some of the most terrifying paranormal encounters I've ever witnessed in my life or felt. What I usually do not discuss for personal reasons when doing paranormal investigations or even UFO field investigations. You take on a risk of having stuff follow you home and attach itself to you. I've learned to smile and be brave and remain happy as negative forces cannot feed off happiness. They only feed off fear. And the more fear you show, the more scared of you that you become, the more vulnerable you are and the stronger the negative can get. In fact, your fear can become so strong it can take on a life of its own and can manifest itself into a near human form. So basically you'll be haunting yourself, but if you remain strong, remain happy, have faith you'll find a way to fend off the negative spirits and keep them away from you as they can't live in a happy environment. I've seen the worst that can happen and I want to help and assist others so they can gain a better understanding as to why these things happen and how to prevent and protect yourself from an attack. It's tough watching others go through what I've been through, especially kids so terrified and wanting, protect, wanting to protect them and letting them know that we are there to help get rid of the monsters. so They can play in their rooms again without fear. My goal is to help Annie and all of that if I can, even if it means putting myself in harm's way to help another. Uh, Christopher is the writer of that. Christopher, what I noticed was paranormal about the letter is there was no commas. That was a little paranormal, but I got
2: through it. You did very, very well. <laughs> Christopher sounds like he's uh, he's playing uh, Todd in the uh, <laughs> in my life story biopic or something like that. <laughs> to a certain extent, I you know uh, he's right. Like things can follow you home, and I we had a discussion the other day. You know we talk a little bit about Ouija boards on the show and whether or not you should play with them and stuff. And in my stance is if you really don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't. But I think across the board, I feel that way. Like. Whether you're investigating or you're just having fun and you're going into a haunted location or a, a thought-to-be haunted location and asking questions and all that, if you don't know the risk that you're putting yourself into, any piece of equipment, any investigation can put you in harm's way. So before you pull out the Ouija board or the K2 meter or an MP3 recorder to to record audio, just be aware. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes you find out stuff you just wish you never knew.
0: Yeah. and And you Just better safe than sorry but I think believing in what you're doing is also isn't that a big factor in it like just like okay if we're going to do this I'll say this or that but don't you have to like believe in the power of what you're um, what you're asking
2: for help from or, or helping to block or anything like that I mean, I think so. You you see a lot of people who do exorcisms and stuff like that, and it's always a Catholic, uh, it seems to always be a Catholic mass of some sort or some sort of r- ritual. Mm-hmm. I'm not Catholic. I barely believe in, in Christianity to a certain extent. So I'm not sure that that would work for me. But um, I think I think he's right in that if you have the right mindset and understand that if you are weak in any way, shape or form, you are vulnerable to, to something happening. So sure, I, I, I don't know how he, you know, I investigate too, but I don't want anything hanging out in my basement. Get the hell out of here.
0: What I've been fascinated by is the idea of us being able to create our own ghosts or haunt our own selves with negative energy or thoughts, but I guess you could do it. I don't know. Does it always have to be negative that we, that create something? Couldn't you create a positive energy too? That, that would be haunting you as well or I, I don't know i don't know what the well
2: I, I think so you know like if you walk into a room and you're a positive individual you're going to spread that positivity at least around a certain individuals who are open to that mm-hmm. if somebody's in, in the room with you and they're just a negative person they're yeah. probably not going to feed off your your positivity yeah. so i think in the same way you can create positive energy around you which can create positive things to happen as well as negative stuff, if that's if that's the route you go.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to the phones. Hi.
1: Hello, my name's Jen. I'm from Virginia. I've been listening for a while now. I'm an ETP. I've got a ton of ghost stories, but the first one that I want to give you is not actually so much a ghost story, but... It's more along the lines of cryptids or something like Goatman. It happened last year in October. And it is probably the second scariest thing that's ever happened to me aside from the time when I almost got possessed. So, I was driving to work. It was around 8 a.m. It was a Tuesday. I remember that... It's strange how much I remember about little details, but it's also strange how much I forgot in the first couple of hours. It was a gray morning, and I was a little bit tired, but not so tired that I'm going to hallucinate or something. And it was pretty empty. It was probably around close to 8 a.m., maybe a little earlier Um, There were very few people driving on the road. I live in, as I said, Virginia and kind of in the foothills of the mountains near the Charlottesville area. And the Appalachian Mountains have some strange stories about them anyway. So I came to a, a traffic light and there's
3: leaves just
1: on the ground because it is October, of course, And everything's gray, and I see something on the side of the road. And as I roll up to the light and stop, I see that it looks like a Halloween decoration. It's a very good Halloween decoration. And I'm wondering to myself, why did somebody leave this here? It's just, it's so lifelike. What it looked like was some sort of goblin, almost. There's a, a painting by Fuseli called The Nightmare, which is about sleep paralysis, but there's a sort of little crouching goblin on it. It looked like that only if it had been starved half to death. It was just sitting there because I thought it was a decoration, and then it moved. It looked at me. I looked at it, and this is a kind of a long light, so I'm sitting there looking at this thing, trying to wrap my brain around how the heck this is actually moving and this exists. And it's it's got these black eyes, they're just looking at me, in this sort of hunched posture, and it sort of moves again. And it's just, I can feel it looking at me. I'm looking at it, and then suddenly it becomes a deer. Like It was not a deer, and then it was a deer. So that was strange, but of course I had to keep on driving because the light changed then. I went to work, and I completely forgot that this happened at all for about two hours until something, I don't know, jogs my memory, and I was just like, Oh my God, I saw this thing. So I was telling one of my coworkers about it and one of our managers comes by and said, Oh, you saw a not a deer, like a not a deer. Huh? It turns out there is an Appalachian cryptid or folklore creature called not a deer. And you actually had a story about this on your show last year. Um, I heard sometime after this experience. I think it was probably like in December or something. I don't know, but I was just like, okay. Of course, that was the one that you decided to do all in a Wisconsin accent. So it was all talking about going to the the store and getting the the stuff, you know. But anyway,
3: <laughs>
1: oh yeah, and the um, the Jello. That, that green jello with the, the carrots. Yeah. with stuff. So, this thing that I saw, apparently is something that people see in the foothills of the Appalachian near the Blue Ridge Parkway and things like that, which is pretty much where this was located. Um, it can be seen in, sort of, described in two different ways. One is something that looks not like a deer that becomes a deer or something that looks like a deer acts very strangely and is not a deer. Um, there are some people who with that type who believe it is a chronic wasting disease, which causes deer to act strangely and look very not proper because they are dying. Um, But, yeah, so that is my first story for you, and I hope to hear it on the show. Thank you for listening. Bye.
0: Not a deer, don't you know? Well, we get those that have them in uh, venison around uh, around Christmas time. Sometimes New Year's, so not bad. But, uh, you know, you get the not-a-deers, and sometimes... There's a little bit of venom in them too, and uh, it, it gives a little kick. a Little kick. I like
2: oh yeah, and then you know, Aunt Susie goes off the oh. off the rails. You know, she eats oh. some of that venison, and it's not a good thing. No. no,
0: no, you don't want to do too much of that. Then you gotta. You, you sometimes I like to. I like to take the not a deer meat and put it between some peanut squares that I got. Uh, I got at the Sentry, and uh, oh, oh my goodness, that that's like heaven in your mouth. Not a deer on a peanut square. <laughs>
2: Oh, uh, I please do not let me run into a not deer. But, you know, the thing is, is like we know we hear stories all the time about uh, animals that were extinct. And all of a sudden they found one someplace in some island off the coast of wherever or, you know, way deep in the seas. There's there's animals and, and creatures and stuff that we don't even know about. So, yeah, when people when people automatically kind of dismiss cryptid stuff and and dismiss Bigfoot and all that, I just always take a step back and go, you know what? Don't be so, you know, don't be so fast to judge on that.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think there's there's something to it. And I don't think it always necessarily means that there is literally a creature in the woods that has a habitat and a house and a or a den or whatever. I think some of those things tie more into paranormal than yeah. I do. Actually, you know, they're out there foraging for food.
2: Yeah. And and they could be tied into, you know, UFOs and aliens. It could be tied into paranormal. Again, we talk about ghosts. Some people think that it's not uh, energy from past. It could be energy that's uh, happening right now in a different timeline. Same thing with with cryptids and not a deers and all that kind of stuff. We just we don't know. Did
0: you ever uh, hear about the goat man stuff in Wisconsin?
2: Um, you know, I know the Beast of Bray Road. I'm not sure that
0: I know much about Goat Man. Do you? Have you come across Nathan Couch at all? He's in, in West West Bend and he wrote a book about it.
2: I know. I, I know of Nathan. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, he's. Uh, I've had him on the show before, and he's had a lot of really just interesting. He collected folk tales, or not folk tales, but accounts rather, of this Goat Man all over the country, the different parts of the country where, you know, it kind of changes up a little bit here or there. But there's apparently like a version of this all over. Um, and it, it was really kind of fascinating. Um, he actually, I went on a, a, one day when I was down there, uh, or up there rather, I was up there for a funeral on a whim and I messaged him and he gave me a, a, a haunted a ghost tour of uh, downtown West Bend. And that was pretty cool because that's a needle historic town. That's kind of near Milwaukee area. Yeah. But, yeah, um, interesting uh, interesting stuff on that topic. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Let's jump over here to uh, another caller and hear your ghost story. Go for it. So, uh, I
3: used to work at a daycare I was a daycare teacher for about three years. And when I first started working there, I didn't know that it was reportedly haunted. Um, okay. So basically we've all my coworkers and I had been experiencing, I guess, paranormal activity for a long time um, we had been hearing our voices being called out in certain room, a certain room, like a certain classroom. And other people um, would hear like laughing of like little kids during like nap time and it would be nobody. Um, some people said that they saw shadows and other people would say that, like toys would fall out of the shelves by itself and I had seen that in the past as well but one particular story that um, personally happened to me um, was that um, one time while I was in the middle of giving the kids their lunch um, I thought that I saw somebody at the, on um, you know, at the doorway. Um, but I was far away, so I couldn't really put out if it was like someone, if it was somebody or like a shadow, like that was the last thing on my mind. Um, and I saw it wave to me. And for some reason in my head, it didn't really register that I was waving to something that later on, Anyway, so I waved back, right, thinking it's one of the parents, and I heard the door open. And here I am thinking, how weird was that, you know? Because usually during, you know, mid day, mid day, like at twelve o'clock, no one's really going inside the daycare unless they're like picking up their kids early or something. Um, so then. Um, I asked my bo- I opened the door and I asked my boss and I'm like, Hey, did you just, you know, see, um, somebody, uh, walk out of the building? You know, did anybody come in? And she's like, no, like nobody's come in, nobody's come out. Cause there are cameras, um, for the back door of the building. And she said, no, that there was nobody And in that moment was when I got chills that ran over my body and so did hers when I was telling her this. And I realized that I was waving to what looked to be like, after a while, me thinking about it, it it was probably a shadow um, because I couldn't quite, there was no facial features. There was no, you know what I mean? It just looked like a black, like blob. I don't know. And I just, for some reason, I thought maybe my, you know, like, in my head I'm not thinking like oh this isn't a person I just assumed right that it was a parent and um, I'll never forget that I'll never forget that moment um, but yeah I have a whole bunch of other stories but I just want to call in I um, really like hearing um, the podcast while I'm at work and um, whether you guys use the story or not is up to you guys but yeah all right
0: Thank you. Bye. Interesting one, especially when you're a kid and experiencing those sort of things.
2: Yeah, and I'm a firm believer that when a location has hauntings or energies and stuff like that, it doesn't necessarily have to have some sort of tragic tale where a family died due to strychnine poisoning or something like that. I mean, it can just be the energy that's caused at that location for many years. And if this was a building that had kids in it, That entire time. I mean, think about how traumatic school was for most kids in one way, shape, or form. I mean, there's energy left behind there. So it's just, if this was a daycare, all those young kids around, that could be kind of spooky. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Very, uh, very much so. Uh, Yeah. The the idea of hearing the kids laughing and there's no kids, that's, yeah. Didn't, didn't there, wasn't there something like that going on at the old radio station where somebody heard kids or something?
2: Well, yeah. Remember, I would I would be doing like some late night board hopping in one of the studios, yeah. and I would I would hear kids playing down the hall, oh, that's- and not just hear them like giggling and running, but also feeling them on the floor because the floor was not very, I mean, it was spongy. So if yeah. you walk down the hall, you felt it in the room, yeah. And so I, I could feel that vibration down the hallway.
0: That's so weird. Yeah, I, I yeah. See, I, I had something, and I told it where I, it, I thought it was our news director walking down the hallway on the weekend. I was just playing on, it was your desk, uh, yep. and I was on the computer doing something. And I thought it was just him walking down the because I heard papers, I heard keys, and again, spongy floor. That's a very good way to to describe it, because you could feel when somebody walked down the hall, or was even coming near you on that side of the building. And I thought nothing of it. I went down there, going to go say, hey, Greg, what's going on? Nobody in the damn place. And I know he didn't go out the front door either. Because uh, that one was, I think there was like crap in front of it or something at that point. Um, right. So it really wasn't accessible. But yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird, weird place. I uh, Do you feel like the activity there amped up over time? Because I feel like early on, they, we didn't have a lot. I mean, it, <laughs> there was curiosity. But I feel like in the later years, like when I was gone and you were back there, that it you guys had more stuff.
2: I think that the acknowledgement of something going on and the realization that something was going on, Uh again, like we talked earlier, probably caused more stuff to go on. Like, oh, hey, they know we're here now, so let's do some more stuff.
0: Yeah, exactly. When I go there now, I mean, (laughs) I think I talk to more of the dead when I'm in that building than I do the living sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not even kidding. Last year, I stopped in just on a whim, and I hadn't been to the place in probably about five years and uh, just walked in And uh, you know it, It's like going home almost Like everybody's like oh hey and You just kind of walk back and do whatever And I wanted to talk to Stensland But he was doing a, his morning show thing And um, I'm like oh I'll just wait over here So what do I do I go back down to the basement
2: <laughs> and, Good for you
0: And I take my flashlight and my phone And I, I video of it And um, and I just And I, I start asking questions and all that and, you know honestly I don't think
2: I've ever listened back to the damn thing
0: um, I think it's on my phone. I've never gone back and
2: taken a look at it. We've uh, that was one of the locations early on that we investigated with the crew, and we actually got an audible as they were sitting there. Hello, in a female voice. No kidding. It, oh yeah, like it. It was they heard it. It came through on the the audio and also the uh, the camera audio, and there was no other female down there with them. They were just totally blown away with it.
0: Wow. Well, that's interesting. Now I got to go back and find that video from last year. Because it was like I just thought it was a quick run in and then I said hi and I got out of there. But, oh, weird. Check that out. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's do one last letter here. It says my friend will call her Mandy and I have been friends since the fourth grade. We were best friends then and drifted apart as we entered middle school and started making new friends. Even though we drifted apart, we still kept in touch over the years. And I was there for all those big, important moments in her life. The birth of her children, the death of her mother and the hard decision she was forced to make in order to continue just to barely tread water. She always said she wanted to do more for me, and later on in life, she was able to. She sent me flowers for my birthday in 2020, took me out to dinner where we discussed paranormal happenings in our respective lives, and she even paid for my airline tickets to spend a few days with her, her boyfriend and three boys in Florida, I was hesitant as the world was still in the beginning stages of COVID and there was still uncertainty with traveling, but I did end up, it did end up going well It's a decision I'll never regret making. Three weeks after we all came back from this vacation, Mandy passed away. It was unexpected. And to say the very least, it lifted my depression and anxiety levels off the charts. I never lost a friend before, and it was very dark, very difficult time for me. After her funeral in mid-August, I was lying in bed one night trying to wind down after a long day. I like to preface that I never keep my bedroom door open at night when I'm lying in my room. I always feel like it's too inviting for whatever may be in there. My door was open this night and I was scrolling through my phone when I noticed a light coming from a dining area, which was around the corner from my room. It looked like a cell phone and it looked like someone was waving the light around. I live by myself, but I'm also a fan of true crime podcasts and documentaries. So my first thought was that there was an intruder. I have my concealed carry permit. So I got out of bed and quietly got my firearm and walked out into the living area. I felt for the lights and quickly flipped them all on and checked to make sure that the back door was locked before moving slowly into the dining area. When I didn't see anything in there, I checked out the rest of the downstairs area before heading up the steps to my front door. I noticed the door was unlocked, and I was even more on guard. I locked the door, checked to make sure it was secure, swept the house for a second time, this time looking in closets and small storage areas. I also made sure to check window latches, and by the time I'd been through my entire place, I was a little baffled. Where had the light come from? Somehow I managed to fall asleep that night, my bedroom door closed and locked. When When I was talking to Mandy's boyfriend the next day, he brought up the fact that he could feel her with him because of some feelings that he had had strange things that he's witnessed. I told him about the night before, the light, and went through the whole story and he told how odd that was. I asked him why it was odd and he proceeded to tell me that whenever they were getting ready for bed, Mandy would go back into the bedroom. He would shut everything down, lock all the doors. He said that when he finally came into the bedroom, she would have him to back and double check the lock the doors because she was paranoid about it even if he told her he just checked them i got goosebumps when he told me that but i felt comforted at the same time after hearing him tell his story of her when she was alive i have no doubt that she was looking after me in the afterlife maybe she knew something i didn't know about that night maybe it was just a normal night and she was urging me to be more cautious Whatever the case, I now double and triple check my door locks before turning in for the night. To my knowledge, that's the only time she's reached out to me. Hope that means she's at peace. Thanks for reading
2: this. Love the show. Courtney.
0: Thoughts on that?
2: Very sweet story. I mean, I I would like to think that that's exactly what um, that spirit was doing. Um, Could be anything, but it does sound like something was going on uh, in that dining area that night, and if this individual thinks that it was her deceased friend, I think it's a wonderful story, and she should uh, double-check her doors every night. What if it was a demon that was trying to case the place and figure out
0: (laughs) how and when to take over her body and use her to do horrific things?
2: I I would tend to think a demon would not be shining lights in another room. Like, I think they're, and this is just, you know, this is typical bullshit, but uh, demons, I would think, would be more dark and sinister, not flashing lights in another room saying, hey, come come see me, you know? But I could be wrong.
0: I don't know. I'd be, I think I'd be a curious demon where it's like, oh, what do you got in this room? It would be hard to, like, focus on the person you're trying to haunt because a lot of it, you're just looking at the house going, oh, this is a cool room. I don't know about that flooring, but, you know, and
2: then, like, oh, shit, I've got to possess somebody now. And you think you'd be an interested demon? Come on. Yeah. I mean, y- your whole life is is just making trouble for other people, so... <laughs>
0: I, mean, uh, I don't know. No, maybe I think it'd be fun. I think it would be. Uh, I think I'd enjoy being a demon if I could. Uh, if I could be one. That would be kind of. Uh, yeah. Or, or I think I may come across as a demon when I'm really not. I, I think that might be because I'd, I'd be. I would get too much into screwing with people, and then i would be like, oh, someone's gonna tell me to lay off here at some point. Like they're, you know, they're just living people. You were living once too. I know. But it's so fun to freak them out.
2: That's- yeah, I, I you know, I totally understand where you're coming from, and I'm sitting here smiling because I know I would want to do the same thing. And at some point, I'm sure we'd be reprimanded, and we'd have to tone it down for a couple of months, and then we'd just start kicking it back in.
0: Yeah, I mean, eventually, if you get reprimanded enough, it's just like, okay, guess what? You officially earned your demon badge, and then you get, <laughs> like... I don't know. That'd be interesting to see how that all works. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and so much more. And help keep us on the air. Uh, Be sure to press subscribe wherever you download podcasts as well. Until next time, for Todd, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.